What's up, everybody? It's Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pacers Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pacers on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pacers Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. Coming off finally a win today at home against the absolutely woeful, shocking, terrible New Orleans Pelicans. And this will not be a celebratory podcast. We haven't recorded in a week or so. Some things have been going on over the last week. And we finally find ourselves with an opportunity where the three of us are free at the same time. There's been a lot that the three of us have wanted to say the last week. I'm kind of glad we waited because it would have been a pretty depressing episode 24 hours ago. It's still probably going to not necessarily be the most positive podcast you've ever heard because this team is not in a great place, but... You know, a win's a win. Um, I think anyone who looked at today's game and thought that that was the start of something, um, like, I credit how positive you are, but um, this is not, at the moment, the start of anything right now. And and Alex, I'll start with you. This, This team is really in a bad spot. This is one of the worst teams in the NBA right now. Yeah, that that well, it's funny. Every time we play a game and lose, I'm like, that's the worst loss of the season, right? The Nuggets loss, I said, that's the worst loss. Then yep. we lose to the Pistons. I'm like, that's the worst loss. And then our starters go down 25 to the Charlotte Hornets. We make their defense look like the uh, 04 Pistons. Our 25th like, in defense. The 25th in defense yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and they were looking. Uh, they were looking incredible. So uh, yeah, it's bizarre. Every time. Every time we play a game, I'm like, is this going to be the worst loss of the season? So I don't even know what to put it on at this point. I mean, it's tough to record podcasts. We're all in the same position, obviously, but I can't pinpoint it to just like one thing, like one player or one problem. Obviously, we'll talk about Levert a little bit. He's struggled immensely. Um, You know, some other guys struggled on the road trip. But when your best players are Brad Wanamaker and Jeremy Lamb, you're not going to win many games. So, yeah, it's been (laughs) rough. It's yesterday's press conference with Rick Carlisle after the Charlotte game was so telling. I mean, we've spoken this year about how good it is that the coach takes responsibility. I think that's something we didn't see enough last year. Um, The coach had the um, confidence to bench the starters, which we wouldn't have seen last year either, but it, it doesn't really change anything. Justin, we're still in the same position. Like, if anything, the team is worse this year than last season. The changes to the roster have been minimal. We've lost Doug McDermott. We've gained Chris Duarte. Apart from that, you know, TJ Warren didn't play last year either. And this team doesn't look any better at all. Like, it's more more time with Levert and Brogdon in the backcourt. They've had a few more minutes together, a couple more games where both of them have been healthy. Um, But, Justin, it's... It's it's broken. Yeah, it is broken. And for the first time, I, I've kind of tweeted out, um, it's time to blow it up. It's time to blow it up. I feel like, you know, we do this podcast for Pacer fans listening. We always try and stay positive. But I think as a group and me individually, I, I'd be doing a disservice if I sit here and act positive about this team. Um, they are one of the worst teams in the NBA right now. I've always said 20 games into the season, you know who you are. You know, you should know your identity, where you sit in the standings, what you're chasing, what your goal is for the season. So we're 18 games into the season. We've got two games left. 
that's against Chicago and the LA Lakers. And you're going to probably say we're going to lose both of them. So that puts us at seven wins and 13 losses, which is just nowhere near the eight ball to, if we're talking about contending for a playing spot soon, I'm sorry. Nah, if that, if that word gets uttered anywhere throughout the franchise, you may as well blow the whole team up. Like, I no fan is going to be happy. Oh, like we feel like we can get healthy, make a run, get in the playing tournament, hopefully upset a few teams and get in that. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, I don't want to hear that. Fans have been dealt that for years and years, and I feel like Pacer fans deserve better. We're still last in the league in um, attendance, so the fans are kind of voicing their you know opinion with their wallets. They don't want to see this team right now. They've put up with this same team for years. Something has to change, and. I feel like sometimes we we let, I don't know, we let the mediocrity sink in and we just go, oh, you know, it's bad luck, just injuries, injuries, injuries. But I feel like it's time Pacer fans actually do get angry because it's time, something has to change, doesn't it, Adam? Seriously. Has to. I mean, I, I can't point to a player on the roster right now that has had an, a consistently great season. Not one player on the roster has had a consistently great season. The only player that I would put as close to that is Keelan Martin because he has exceeded expectations across the season. He's looked okay in different spurts. He's scoring a lot more. He has progressed. You know, Duarte recently has fallen off a little. I think the back-to-back starting in Denver, the road road trip starting in Denver, really hurt him. Um, it was clear that his durability as a rookie was tested pretty significantly in that uh, road trip. And then since then, um, which is completely normal for rookies, right? It doesn't matter how old the rookie is. The rigors of an NBA schedule are like, unlike anything else that a player will experience in any league. And that's the NBL in Australia. I mean, you play, you know, maybe two games a week, if that, um, NCAA, you might play one or two games a week. Here, you're playing double that, playing three, four games every single week consistently, and you're traveling cross country. It, it, usually in college, it's, you know, probably the most you'll be on is maybe a four, maybe six hour flight at the very most. And, and that's probably more often than not, you'll just be, you know, in, in and around your local area within an hour or two flight. But, you know, Duarte has has dropped off, but as well, he should, he's a rookie. Um, Malcolm Brogdon injured, inconsistent. Miles Turner has played great in spurts as has Brogdon for that matter. I I shouldn't just call out miles, but uh, you know, inconsistent Domas inconsistent. TJ McConnell, inconsistent. Drew, uh, Justin holiday, inconsistent. Torrey Craig, um, you know, and Karis Levert, it is clear that he is forcing the issue and Alex, he's returned from a series of injuries and it's clear that he, you know, has been given the green light to an extent, but there's no one really helping him in terms of perimeter scoring. So he is forcing the issue when he is on the floor and it is to the detriment of this team. Uh, The best we've looked is when we've been sharing the basketball and Karis LeVert hasn't really done that enough this season. There was talk of him being a point guard for us, but you know, he's, he's really forcing his shot and it's not working. You know, I, I do feel kind of bad for him because he missed the uh, preseason. He missed 
training camp a little bit as well. So obviously, you know, I think he's struggling to fit in a little bit, but yeah, he looks like the old man out almost on offenses. As you said, I mean, outside of him and Brogdon, what dribble penetration do we have on this team? Yeah. No. Right, so those are basically the only two guys who were trying to get into the paint. And it's it's kind of bizarre because Levert last year was dropping dimes. Like he was having games of 10, 11, 12 assists. I mean, we, we were losing those games. So those stats obviously meant nothing. But this year, it just seems like he's kind of gone away from that. He kind of, he's had a couple of those plays where he passes it to Domas and gets an assist. But yeah, he is forcing it way too much. I mean, he's shooting like 20% from three and he's taking so many. Like, it, it's bizarre. And he's kind of stopped taking that little mid-range shot he likes so much. So, yeah, I, I hope he figures it out because he's probably, I don't know, I could be wrong here, but he's like the most gifted scorer on our team. Maybe TJ Warren when he's healthy. So, yeah, we need him to uh, get back to that. The, the, I guess that 20-point score he was last season. That's fair. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon... Domas Sabonis and TJ McConnell are all averaging more assists a game than Karis LeVert, which, mm. you know, if if he is supposed to be your premier perimeter, not only scorer, but, but you know, creator on the perimeter alongside Malcolm. I mean, Justin, the, not even, I'm not even talking elite, but even Victor Oladipo averaged about four or five assists a game and Karis LeVert can't get to that mark right now. And it's clear that if you can't share the ball and you don't have a single elite distributor averaging eight, nine, 10 assists a game, then you need multiple players around that four or five assist mark. And, you know, Domas is averaging four. I think that's significantly down on last year. Karis is averaging three. It's, it's not good. No, it's not. And I'm, uh, I'm going to say something I never thought I would say in my life. And that is, I, I miss Paul George. I, yeah, I yeah. miss your Oladipos. Yep. I, I, the Oladipo of old, you know, makes you, makes you appreciate the Reggie Miller and the Jermaine O'Neal's, doesn't that, Adam? Like, yeah. geez, this team is hard to watch. I, I took it for granted being a Pacer fan back in the early days. They are tough to watch now. Levert's just shot jacking. Actually, there was a part of, I don't know if it was the Charlotte game or the Detroit game. I actually can't remember which one, but there was a few plays in a row. And, and Levert actually reminded me of the famous Jamal Tinsley game against Phoenix in overtime when he jacked about 15 straight shots. I, I was like, what, what is Levert doing? Like, he was just putting up shots. And yeah, he's probably trying to force it, like you two said, because he's, um, you know, been out preseason and I totally understand that. And it must be hard to get his groove back, but um, yeah, this team's really hard to watch and it really makes you appreciate the times the Pacers have had kind of an all-star level player because no one's an all-star right now, not even close. And no, I've always no. said, uh, I think Indiana's holding the all-star game. Is it next year or the year after next year? 2023, 20, I think. 20, so next year, um, like after, yeah, they're going to want an all-star. They're going to want an all-star to be at that. I can book you that. That ownership's going to want an all-star. So, again, we don't want to touch on it too much. I know we said we wouldn't. We spoke about it last episode, Adam. But um, listening to the post-game press conference, something is not right with Domas. Something is not right. Whether Rick Carlisle's taking the ball out of his hands, you could see he mentioned, like, um, oh, coach just let us kind of – he didn't um, call plays against New Orleans – 
He just let us play our game. So I was a bit more of a facilitator. You could tell there's something going on behind the scenes. I, I swear there yeah. is. I don't think Domas is happy. I think he's probably gone, hey, look at my stat line last year, getting 30-point triple-doubles to now getting seven shots against Detroit. Like, I'm sorry, how does your best player get seven shots against Detroit? Who's a big man? Like, I don't know. I have so many issues with this team. As you can see, I'm probably ranting. But, um, yeah, it's it's not it's not a fun time to be a Pacer fan. Yeah, 2024, just to correct myself earlier, 2024 is when the All-Star game is coming to Indianapolis. And that's, you know, a bit over two years from now. But I think the probably the the frustrating thing for me is looking down the standings and looking at the teams that are, you know, quote unquote, tanking or rebuilding or whatever you want to call it, retooling, whatever you want to call it. And looking at, you know, teams that have a brighter future than the Pacers right now, even with a significantly worse record, you know, Houston, for example, they, you know, they have talent in Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. They'll get another top pick this year and they'll have even more talent. They're building, um, you know, uh, Detroit has top talent as well in Kay Cunningham and we'll get another top talent to pair with them. Uh, Orlando has had several lottery picks and has a few guys that could boom or bust. They're probably in a similar or if not worse situation, the paces right now, given their record, but they do have a lot of youth um, Sacramento. You would rather be a paces fan than a Kings fan. Um, San Antonio, you would probably rather be a Pacers fan than a Spurs fan because it does, who knows what the Spurs are doing at any point in time at the moment. And New Orleans are probably going to lose their third superstar top pick in 10 years after, you know, Chris Paul at pick four in 05 and Anthony Davis at the first pick in, I think, 2010. Zion's going to go at some point um, when he gets healthy. So you'd probably rather be a Pacers fan than a Pelicans fan, but that's a short list. It's a really, really short list. You look at other teams that have built over the last few years, Minnesota is, you know, has at least has assets to be able to, to, to trade, to be able to build behind. Anthony Edwards is amazing. A great talent, Oklahoma city, Josh Giddy. We love seeing him kill it as, uh, as Aussies Memphis. It's great to see Jar Morant, you know, realizing his potential, even though they got absolutely trounced by the Wolves today. Um, you know, you, you look at the the uh, teams that are struggling in the East, Toronto, uh, we've, we always seem to lose to Toronto when we play them. Atlanta made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Philadelphia and Milwaukee are struggling, but they'll be better. Cleveland has a great outlook and you probably would have rather be a Pacers fan than a Cavs fan two years ago. Charlotte has a better, has a really good outlook. And two years ago, you would have rather be a Pacers fan than a Hornets fan. It is getting uncomfortable, I think, is the word that I would use, Alex, to be a Pacers fan because you you just don't know where this team is going and what they're going to do next. They, like You could almost tell me any player on the roster gets traded next week and I would believe you. 
The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the nets nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know what, Adam, though? Every team you just listed invested in their future, right? Yeah. Like the Magic perennial first-round exits. So they traded Fournier. They Load traded up. Gordon. They traded Vucevic. For, for guys like RJ Hampton, right? Wendell Carter Jr. These were young players who maybe were getting underused. Now they're in Orlando and, and can play well and get bigger roles, right? Like to me, all I want is the paces to pick a direction. Like, yeah. and, and yeah. you know what, Justin, I'll, I'll re-ask you this because you were probably the biggest against this. If you could go back, I, I know this probably doesn't change much, but would you do the trade for, for Ben Simmons knowing what you know now? Would well, who are we trading? Mm, anyone i'm like would you trade for ben simmons now oh that's so hard because it's, <laughs> it's brain fighting the heart but um i mean i don't know like even wrong if it, person to ask is, alex wrong yeah, person well, you to know ask. What though, but the thing is even if it didn't work out at least they tried something right? like something. At, at least you could be oh yeah whatever like simmons didn't really work out but shit like the front office actually tried right so for me, just like pick a direction, either trade some players for, for someone who's better or do what the Magic did at like the trade deadline last season and invest in the future, which I don't think they'll do because they gave Rick Carlisle four years on a monster deal. So they're probably going to have to go the other way. But I mean, didn't, didn't we fire Nate McMillan for mediocrity and not being able to get out <laughs> the first round? So like, what, what they, are we they doing They can't fire Carlisle though. Yeah, I, I, I agree, but it's like, like you said, what's our direction? I'd love to ask Pacers ownership this. Like, what what is the Pacers three year goal? I've been saying it for so long. I, I really hope they have the standings up in the front office or in the mm. club somewhere because the Indiana Pacers are one and a half games in front of the Detroit Pistons. The Oklahoma City Thunder have one less win than us. They are trying <laughs> to lose. Like, what what is going on? I I, I don't know. And, like you mentioned, Alex, would I do the Ben Simmons thing? I, I don't know because I, I don't like his attitude, so I'm thinking about that. But um, for, for any other player in the league, even if, like, just, yeah, take a swing for once. We've said it so many times. I feel like I'm repeating myself. I think fans are sick of this this product, um, and I, I don't want to speak for the pace of nation. I know a lot of people have differing opinions, but from what I've seen, I think we're probably the last three. I think we've probably held on longer than anyone else saying, give this group a go. You know, once TJ Warren, once Brogdon, when once turn, we don't want Turner gone. We want to keep him. So if anyone's having a go at us being like, oh, wow, the pace rules have jumped off the bandwagon, 
I think we've been one of the last three mm. people on this train. But how can you sit there after a loss to Detroit, after your starters get benched in the first half against Charlotte, and not say, hey, look, this is an issue where we're in the bottom tier in the league. Like, same as you, Alex, people message me all the time, right? What's wrong with the paces? Like, you know, what? what's wrong with them? They're so boring to watch and what's up with them? I don't know. I, I literally, first time in my life, I don't know what the issue is. I usually always know like, oh, they're going to trade him or they're going to do that. I don't know. I feel like all the starters are good players. I don't want to rag on any of them. They're actually really good players. We've got a really good starting five, but it is just not working, is it, Adam? It, it's really interesting what you said there about, you know, the feelings of pace and nation. The, the tweets, the comments, et cetera, that I see, I think the thing that they all have in common is that the fan base wants to see something change. Now, no one can agree on what that thing is. No one. There is a trade Turner camp. There's a trade Domas camp. There's a trade Brogdon when he's eligible next summer camp. There's a trade Levert camp. There's a trade McConnell camp. There's a trade no one camp. There's a trade multiple players for a start for an all-star camp. There's, you know, there's a tank for a pick camp. There's a trade all your picks for a superstar camp. No one can agree on the thing to do. Absolutely no one. I've seen no consensus on what the move is. And we've said it before. We'll say it again. We do not envy Kevin Pritchard. Uh, We appreciate Kevin Pritchard. I mean, look, let's be really brutally honest. Kevin Pritchard came on this podcast. He came on this podcast. We are three guys from 15 hours flight away from LA, 20 hours flight away from Indianapolis. He gave us a half an hour of his time. We will be forever indebted to him for doing that. That was a dream come true for us. We sat in a room two and a half years ago and said, who is our dream guest? Kevin Pritchard. We would love to interview Kevin Pritchard. And he came through and he did that. And he gave us way more time than we expected. Having said that, it pains me to say that at the moment, the team that Kevin Pritchard has put together is not working. So we need him to change something. The fan base will continue to put pressure on him to change something. I don't think that would be news to him. He would be looking at the standings like anyone else right now and saying, this cannot continue. I wonder whether ownership will allow the change to happen. I wonder how much say ownership will have on who stays, who goes, what package they accept, what money they're willing to pay a star, how many picks they're willing to either part with or come back to and what the actual strategy is. Because if there is one thing we have learned about this ownership group, Alex, is that they are not willing to tank. They are not willing to give up wins. They want to turn things around. They want to make a splash. They want attendance. They want to continue to grow the brand of Pacers basketball in a state that is very largely focused on high school and college basketball. It is competing not with hockey. It is competing not with baseball, but is competing with Indiana college basketball, Purdue, you know, Ball State, bunch of bunch of college, a bunch of high schools going around there. You know, it's a different environment in Indiana, and we're probably the third or fourth most important Butler, third or fourth most important basketball team in the state 
which is not what you can say about most other teams in the NBA. You know what I was just going to say? I forgot to mention this earlier. Purdue, this season, the basketball team, is averaging more people at the games than the Pacers. Like, that, Crazy. That, that tells you all you need to know. Like That is yep. embarrassing. Uh, Indiana University is undefeated, so people are going to their games. Of course. I mean, yeah. I, and listen, like we're all from Australia. We would love to be able to go to Pacers games all the time. I do not blame a single person who is in Indiana not to go, not go into these games. Like I do not blame you because yeah. the product just is not worth watching, right? Like we're last in dunks, we're first in layups. That was a pretty funny stat I saw. So we're like the the least exciting basketball team maybe ever. So yeah, if if they do, like you said, Adam, they want to sell tickets. They don't want to tank, so they can't be watching this going shit. We're like we're thirtieth in attendance, guys. Like we have to do something to get people to start coming to these games. I, I, I mean, feel selling for tickets the, for like they're, they're selling for the guys for like that work for the team. I really feel for the guys that work for the team right now. I feel for the people trying to sell tickets right now. I mean, mm. that is a hard job and that is, it is not, you know, fair on them that this team is underperforming. I mean, Alex, it's, it's, it would be really hard to convince people that are not as passionate as we are to go to a, a Pacers Pelicans game on a <laughs> Saturday night. With no Zion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't oh. even know. I, and also, Bally Sports hurt, I think, as well, because a lot of people in Indiana can't, can't see the games. games. I think, yeah. So that's definitely a factor. I, I tell you what, and I'm really, really concerned about it, guys. Is our next uh, home game against the Lakers? Because oh, God. ten thousand you know, Lakers that, fans, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was that famous, um, I think, George Hill or Paul George quote with the, oh, there was too much mustard in the building that that year with Laker fans and. I know that's when they hate Kobe and, you know, Kobe was pretty popular wherever he played, but it's the same sort of thing with LeBron, isn't it? And, um, yeah, boy, I, I, I'm i already cringing thinking about watching that game where yeah. if Blake has gone a 6-0 run and the whole field house is just screaming. And that, I'm sorry for swearing, but that shit hurts. I hate seeing that stuff as yeah. a fan. Like, yeah. I've always thought Pacers Pace have such a good fan base. Like, they're loud. I've been to playoff games. They are so loud and so passionate. You know, you see Phil Jackson and Phil Jackson, sorry, in the last dance saying paces have it's always so hard to win there because the fans are mental. Where's that gone? Now, yeah, last in attendance, getting college teams more fans than us. But just want to bring up a quick point on what you mentioned, Adam, and it was really good. And I totally agree with you, but I, I have to have my say. And that's I, I think Kevin Pritchard would be aware, and I think he's a very smart man. And I don't want to blame ownership, but I feel like he's doing his best. I'm always kind of got a soft spot for him because what he did for us, and I feel like he's a great GM, great person. So I'm always going to have his back no matter what, kind of like Miles Turner. We've all got, all three of us have a soft spot for Miles Turner and Kevin Pritchard. I think we can openly admit that. Yep. But, uh, you know, I think this next deal, I mean, you hear Rick Carlisle's got half kind of ownership in GM and moves moving forward. I think Carlisle's actually going to have a lot of say moving into the trade deadline and maybe the offseason, which direction he sees this team. I, f- I feel like, you know, we're saying, oh, we're not going to rebuild because we signed Carlisle to this big deal. I feel like Carlisle's smart enough, man, to be like, look, we need to start from the bottom. We yeah. need to do this. This so, is broken. Yeah. yeah, it's broken. We have to do it. So it, it's going to be hopefully a happy, like they meet in the middle between Pritchard and Carlisle and then they go to ownership and say, hey, this is our plan A. Please approve it. 
Yeah. I look the the telling thing for me was with uh were Carlisle's comments after the Charlotte game. And you know, he he used a lot of rhetoric about we got kicked in the mouth, you know, by by the Hornets in the first half, but he he spoke very strongly about the need for the players to represent the state of Indiana to with respect and to bring effort. And if you are in effect calling out your veteran highest played players for their effort, 17 games into an 82 game season, something is rotten. Something is rotten in that locker room. I do not know. And we've heard it, it for years. We had it all last year, didn't we? Yep. All last year there were, and the coach was the scapegoat and fair enough too, because he wasn't you know strong enough to stand up to the best players on the team. But something is very, very amiss in that locker room at the moment, because this team is not, you know, they talk about the three T's. One of those is together. This, this team is not playing together. We see flashes after they've been given a rocket up their ass by their coach. They, you know, all of a sudden on, I think the first six made baskets today, there were four assists. They were sharing the ball. It made sense what they were doing. They were playing good basketball, but there is something fundamentally wrong with the locker room with either the mix of players don't get along well together. The personalities of the players don't get along well together. The um, basketball philosophies of the players and the coach don't mesh well. Something is not, doesn't make sense. And I think we've said it before. I'll say it again. It's not necessarily anyone's fault as such. It's just that this particular mix of people is a bad mix of people. So you need to change that mix and you need to get cohesion and consistency with how they see the game of basketball, how they want the game of basketball to be played, where they see advantages on the floor, disadvantages, you know, where they, how they buy into Rick Carlisle's style and method, uh, the types of players that he wants to coach, the types of players that ma- are maximized within his system. Um, Alex, I, I just, I think the change that we want to see is the change in a direction to make this roster make more sense, regardless of what that change is. I think if we can clearly see what they are trying to do, then we'll be more likely to say, okay, so you've decided you've made a choice in a direction to play this way, or you've made a choice in this direction to play this type of player or to, or to maximize the skills of Domas. You've put a bunch of shooters around Domas and ball handlers. And you know, he's, you're going to run everything through him, whatever the case may be, just want to just make it make sense. My only concern is that we make another lateral move. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, the Oladipo for Levert trade, we had to do it, right? Like, absolutely, yeah. you have to make Backed that into move, a but, corner. It's, but, but it's a lateral move, right? So basically, every trade we've made, probably since the Paul George era, has been a lateral trade. That's my, oh, maybe PG for Oladipo Sabonis, probably not. But outside of that- We're backed into like, a corner there too. Ex- exactly. I- unless you're forced to make something, they haven't really done anything. So, I mean, like, you know, I brought up PJ Washington's name a lot. If you trade Miles for PJ Washington, that's like the most lateral move in history, yeah. right? Like it doesn't really change anything for us, uh, which is weird because a lot of people on Pacers Twitter have been telling me that trading Miles is the only thing that they need to do. Yeah. Uh, which it's not. Like they need to do more than that. Uh, 
I think that's a start though, right? Like if you make a trade, that's a start, but it can't be your final move. I don't think uh, one deal is not going to make this team a contender overnight. Well, you, you can't tell me that, you know, the current, there were 12 players that played against Charlotte. You can't continue to play 12 players in, in games. You can't continue to go that deep in your bench. I mean, look, I, I, fe- I almost feel like it's partially the fact that Carlisle is trying to understand as far prior to the trade deadline as possible, who he should keep. And therefore the remaining players are just on the table. I mean, mm, yep. you know, he, he probably has great reason to trust guys. Like he spoke very highly of Wanamaker spoke very highly of lamb. Is that him speaking highly of them? Or is that him trying to pump their trade value? Who knows? I honestly could not tell you, which is why once again, I think you could tell me literally any player on this roster is traded Justin in the next week or the next month. And I would believe you anything is possible with this team's roster moving forward. Yeah, it is. And kind of to touch, touch back on your two last points, Adam and Alex and sports are so hard, right? Definitely in a small market team like the Pacers, I think fans should know how hard it would be for the Pacers to make make a successful trade. I actually, I don't think Kevin Pritchard's made a bad move really since he never take away the draft. I'm talking about actual trades. Oladipo trade, magnificent. Um, getting a Levert for, you know, Oladipo, what's he doing for the Miami Heat? Brilliant. Yep. So, like, I think, you know, and all these, I know Pacers don't make moves, which we're rumoured to make, but I have not liked one rumoured deal. Every rumoured deal I've seen the past few years, I've gone, oh, my God, thank God the Pacers didn't do that. Thank God we didn't get Gordon Hayward. Thank God we didn't get PJ Washington. You know, thank God Hayward wasn't our all-time highest paid player in franchise history. Yeah. Like I've been happy they haven't made deals, but I want them to make a deal. Am I, am I talking nonsense here? No, you're not. I think once again, I come back to the point I'm making. Everyone agrees that a move needs to make. No one can agree on what that move is. And that's why it's, it's not our job, but um, there will always be players that you have favored over other players. There will always be playing styles that you have favored over, over other playing styles. But um, I think the one thing that we all agree on is something has to give in India, Indianapolis, because, you know, the current record, the, you know, the upcoming games, we said that before this stretch that we were going to win, you know, three or four of the last five games, we, we won what one of them. I mean, we're seven and 11 right now. That's not acceptable to a Pacers team. We have the same number of losses as Detroit. We have the same number of losses <laughs> As San Antonio and Sacramento. It is dire straits for the Pacers. And we certainly hope that they can put together a really good showing against LA and against Chicago. We've been the Paceroos. This hasn't been as fun as we would like it to be. Hopefully we're celebrating a win next week. We'll see you next. <laughs>